Hi, my name is Jameson. Welcome to the Unexpected Experts Podcast, a show where we dive into the vast spectrum of human knowledge and the ways that our experiences make us experts in unexpected ways. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, everybody. Before we get this episode rolling, I just wanted to give you a heads up. Um, our guest this week, our good friend Shannon, uh, we had her on and it was a beautiful conversation. Honestly, this is for sure one of the best. Um, but later on in the conversation, we end up talking about um, Shannon's cancer diagnosis uh, a number of years ago and her whole journey through her cancer. Um, yeah, her, her cancer journey. And so um, if, if that's a potential trigger for you, then be forewarned that uh, that that is coming in the episode it'll be in in the later part of the episode near the end but i'm just wanted to give you a heads up on that and um other than that this this episode was like i said yeah really really beautiful and uh there was a lot of deeper emotional stuff that came out that i don't think any of us were expecting so i'm definitely excited to uh to to present this one and and to proudly present this one, honestly, it was it was a very good episode. Um, so yeah, can't wait for you guys to hear it. Let us know what you think of it, and uh, share it with somebody that you know that would also love this conversation as well. So thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of Unexpected Experts. Um, this week, Andrew and I have our Good friend. (laughs) (laughs) You got to mix it up a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, We have have our good friend Shannon Plintz on this week. Um, Shannon is a a mother of two girls, um, a wife of her lovely husband, Kevin. And uh, yeah, and honestly, like we're we're just really stoked to have Shannon on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Andrew and I have been talking about having Shannon on for for a little while already, so I'm glad that we could make this work. So welcome to the podcast, mm-hmm. Shannon. Happy to be here. Thank this you. Is, uh, this is your podcast um, uh, maiden run, I guess, debut? your first one. Debut? Yeah, debut. 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 Here we Sounds go. Fun. First so, time. Here we go. We're going to have so a great good. time. I have no doubt. I'm sad that I'm not there with you, but also not sad that I didn't drive all the way there to be with you. <laughs> True. Yeah, usually we do this all remotely, and then um, I should have said earlier that uh, that I was going to send you a link, and then we could have had this figured out sooner, but that's okay. Uh, so Shannon and I are in the same room, Perfect. and mm-hmm. we're going to have a great old time, and uh, Andrea is in her lovely room, as usual, with, as her, usual. with her great sound. <laughs> mm-hmm. So one the, the question that we always open the episode with is... Um, what is your superhero origin story? So um, anything about your life or anything about who you are as a person? Shannon just gave me the weirdest look when I asked her that. No. <laughs> I'm here for it. Oh, no. um, so it basically just an intro about like what we need to know about you as a person, your, your history, like maybe where you're from or siblings or just any basic things that we need to know about you and what makes you the person you are. Wow. 
Those are all the things. I, yeah. I know, super simple, right? <laughs> well, the superheroes <laughs> threw me off because I was like, what superhero? What, like, what superhero? Do or supervillain. Like? We've had, a, we we've had a few See, of those yeah. too. Um, yeah, I was born in Calgary. Um, I'm the oldest of seven kids, my family. Um, been married almost 34 years. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Sometimes I have to recheck <laughs> that. Literally being like, how? Okay. Like, how is that possible? It is. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, 26-year-old and 24-year-old girls. Oh, and freshly, freshly 26 and 24. Freshly, because their birthdays are in February. Mm-hmm. Um, Madeline, Maddie, to most is special needs. Um just my constant companion and we have a really great time um emma is newly married she got married last august yeah um both andrea and jamo were part of that day Um, so much fun it was a beautiful day we loved it so much (laughs) um yeah my husband works um he has his own seismic company and we're at 24 years that he's actually had his own company he just said to me i dropped him off at the airport yesterday and he just said you know honey next year is 25 years yet again i don't know how that happened um yeah he's he's a geophysicist i was a teacher um and i think a lot of our family story has to do with his work and his Mm -hmm. travel Mm -hmm. and uh, you know because i think that's really created a, a particular family life for us for sure Mm -hmm. you know my girls are super used for for him to travel they were um but we also traveled with him and yeah some saw some hard things and some fun things and a lot of the time wanted to come back home so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah it's it's been a ride um for sure yeah yeah i know um I guess about a week ago, I was here mm-hmm. at the house and it was your father-in-law's birthday party and yep. I was uh, mixing up some drinks again as as Andrea and I did at the classic, classic J-Mo move, I guess. Totally. <laughs> but yeah. it was super fun. It was such a fun party. Um, but after everyone had left, you guys were sharing some pretty cool stories about like being in Africa and mm-hmm. yeah, all kinds of stuff. I don't know if you want to get into any of that, but I think there was some really <laughs> cool stuff in there. Okay. So cool and, and also yeah. and also wild. like wild and wild. crazy and totally yeah. well and yeah. we went out after choir on Tuesday and Shannon was sharing some more stuff and I think just oh, like yeah. the craziness like you kind of touched on um you know like Kevin's been gone a lot for work and we, you were talking a bit about sort of how it all started out and how you um you guys just sort of adapted to the ever moving lifestyle. Like, didn't you say, what did you say? You moved 14 times in how long? We, yeah, Kevin and I have lived in 14 different places. Wow. Um, But a lot of those moves were like in some really quick succession. Um, Yeah. It's, yeah. So we, we got married in 1989. Um, Kevin finished school at UBC so I finished at UFC that year as a teacher and we went to Vancouver and then came home and he started working for 
a seismic company and I started working for Calgary Board of Education and I guess two or three, maybe even four, how many years, five years by the end of it, we really started thinking that he was probably going to have to go overseas Mm. for work. And I was like, sure. Like, you know, I don't think there's any part of me that thought it wasn't going to be good. I think we were excited. Um, and, and it was at a time where I was really hoping to start a family too, you mm. know? So part of me for me was like, oh, that's going to be great. I can go do this and that's what I can concentrate on. Like, but our first posting was Nigeria mm-hmm. and again, it's a nice easy entry point. I, I'm sure <laughs> I probably for wow. that company is their hardest, mm-hmm. um, easing in point you know I don't think there's very many places that they were sending at expats to that were as difficult um and yeah I think it really laid a basis I think maybe a lot of things that way I do things now and stuff mm. is actually because of that two years of kind of really kind of crazy super transient in and out kind of Mm. stuff um but Nigeria was hard I had never been I had been to Europe you know we'd done a Euro rail pass one summer right Kevin I but it was the first time that I was not living in you know Vancouver or Calgary and it was hard like yeah I you know, in my perspective, I think is so much different than his. His was so much harder, you know, mm. like the actual work and the political and the right stress and all that. But for me, it was just super, um, quite isolating. You know, mm. when you think about it, 1996, we moved. I didn't have a phone in our apartment. Wow. I didn't have a computer or email that I was saying like if I tried to call Kev I'd have to use a radio like oh my gosh wow. <laughs> I know which seems Holy now cow. yeah you know when you talk about that's only well 27 years I guess like it, it just feels like such another world away because that kind of situation would never happen right now like yeah. it just wouldn't be the same um you know in a camp where I wasn't allowed to drive. I could only drive if Kevin sent his driver back. Um, because, you know, just as a white woman in a really mainly black, poor area, you were just a target and you were a target because mm. you were working for a big firm and, and all that kind of stuff. So right. it was, it was crazy. It really was crazy. And, um, yeah, I don't. I probably wouldn't do it again. <laughs> you know, um, but it, yeah, it, it's without going into a whole bunch. It was, it was crazy and hard. Like eight mm-hmm. weeks before, I talked to someone at home, and I kept traveling to the office to try and get an overseas line. Like it was just really wow. crazy and. Yeah, the first week I was there. It was so hard. I cried. Like when Mm -hmm. I finally caught a hold of my mom, I couldn't even talk. Just cried the whole time. Um, And and how old were you at that point? 
gosh, let's count that all like, on back. Like uh, I was 29, 29. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, again, I'd never been an expat. I didn't know that, that there's not very many Canadians. <clears throat> Our right. country's pretty great. Yeah. Um, and so we don't tend to live in these kinds of places. What I mm-hmm. found is I was always meeting up with British or American, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. You know, those are kind of the two main groups that you'd be. But you really quickly realize how different each culture is and what mm-hmm. your country is, you know, what we take for granted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ten weeks in, I found out I was pregnant with Maddie. Um, oh my goodness. Wow. Like, and, and, and how long were you in Nigeria at that point? So by well, you, that... You, you were there by t- for ten weeks, but then... So How long I, did you end up staying there for? So we, that was the summer of 96. We, so I stayed for the rest of the year. I came home for a quick visit. I think Kevin's sister and my brother both got married. Okay. In September that year, we came home quick. Um, and then I came home right before Christmas, kind of like the week of Christmas. I okay. was now 32 weeks pregnant you know, needed to get out of the country and get back to Calgary. Um, And then we were just waiting for Kev, you know, how many weeks in, when was he coming? When was he coming? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So then that year she was born, he left when she was six days old. I saw him (laughs) when she was two months old. Um, We saw him, we were with him for a few weeks now because now we had issues with visas, et cetera. And went back into Nigeria probably 14 months then, maybe after I had first got there. Wow. We were there till almost the end of the year. And then Kev told me that he, he, I needed to go to Hanover. If I could just pack up our stuff. And he would come in and out of Hanover for like kind of two months. And I was like, sure. Um, and so... Maddie and I, almost how old she was now, nine months, eight months, packed two duffels and all her stuff, and I went into the hotel in Hanover, and he went into <laughs> Kazakhstan, and wow, he was he said to me, okay, I'll be back, I'll be out every two weeks, you know, we'll have a visit, and then I'll go back in, and and so yeah, again, weird to be in another place, super different, like. Mm-hmm. And no, like no vehicle, you know, no whatever. I right, was just yeah. trying to make it roll. And knew two people that had actually lived on the camp. With a nine-month-old baby. With a nine-month-old baby. But, yeah. you know, sometimes when you're just doing baby life, you're just doing baby life. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. you wake up when they're doing. You're having lunch and you have breakfast and you do whatever and you go mm-hmm. for a walk. And, you know, I think all of that, like, I mean, when she went to bed at night, I don't know, even if I recall what the world I really did. Because yet again. Still, no cell phone, mm-hmm. right? No yeah. whatever's, no, no scrolling Instagram at night. No yeah. scrolling Instagram. <laughs> no doing yeah. that. Um, and then one night he called me and he said, "Hey, we're, I'm not coming out of Kazakhstan. Um, the company is flying you home tomorrow to Calgary." Wow. And I was like, oh, "Okay, oh, like <laughs> it totally." And it and that kind of stuff just seemed to keep on going for. Yeah. A couple of years and um 
got home to Calgary the next day. I didn't even know who I was staying with. Like I literally, I think I called home and said to my dad, hey, I'm coming in. Um, he picked me up, took me to my sister's. Yeah. But, and funny enough that, I've, again, I think our cabin has been such a big thing for us because mm-hmm. we had bought the cabin. Mm-hmm. How many months before when we were here for those weddings, like the year okay. before or right. the how many months before? And so I was like, sure, I'll go, you know, because as long as you had a place to go, totally. that's all I kind of needed, right? A place that was mm-hmm. even mine. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you'd already been through so many things and so many transitions. Totally. And like, so that's all I wanted. Everything and uprooting and yeah. moving and. All I wanted was a place to get back to. Yeah. So that if we did come into Calgary, we'd visit with whoever, mm-hmm. but we'd go to the cabin and people could come see us in our own space if we right. needed. Right, yeah. Huge, it really was. Um, he came at Christmas and said, hey, we're not going back to Nigeria. We're not going back to um, Hanover. We're going to Cairo. Cairo, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so Just another part of Africa. Which was funny because yeah. I really had prayed. Lord, let me be done with Africa. Like, that's how hard Nigeria was for me. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it was a gift for me, Cairo. Um, and I'm not sure very many people would say that, <clears throat> but I really loved my time there. Mm-hmm. It was right mm-hmm. after the first terrorist bombings in um, Luxor. Oh, okay. And so there's very few people in Cairo at the time. Maybe that made it easier, you know, that it wasn't quite as busy as it normally would be. Like when we went to the pyramids, Kev loves this story, but the only other um, tourist there was Jeff. Jeff. Oh, gosh. Some actor that I can't even remember. Goldberg? His name Goldblum? Bo- Not Goldblum. Jeff and Bo. His brother's name's Bo. Oh, gosh. We're whatever. <laughs> but he was on another camel and Kev and I. Had wow. two camels, and um, and that was it. Just the just three us. Of you. And if you've ever been to the pyramids at Giza, it's not like that. It's like chalk a block. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But again, four months there. Again, I still just have two duffel bags. Like I'm still traveling with the same stuff. And wow. um, Kiev says, you know what? I'm never. We're never getting a visa here. And so was was that just because of like it was because of the government, yeah, the political climate in Egypt, you know, wanting things to go to their own citizens, then expats, Mm. all of those things, and really, you know, a lot of the political unrest that is in Egypt probably was starting. Right. Mm. So we ended up um, traveling to Katy, Texas. He, um, (laughs) another company. Um, from hired Egypt him to Texas. To Texas. Yeah. <laughs> well, and again, still in two duffel bags, right. big, extra large mountain equipment um, ones. I traveled with them for years. <laughs> wow. And funny enough, it's all new ventures that he's working with. And so he would travel. So right. now I'm sitting yeah. in Katie thinking, why am I here? Because now I know nobody. At least in Hanover, I kind of knew two families, two totally. women. Totally. Okay. Now here, I don't know anybody. And so I finally said to him, listen, I'd found out that I was pregnant with Emma. And I was like, can I go home? Like, can I go to Calgary? Mm -hmm. Can I go to the cabin? Like, why would I stay here? Like, by myself. So trotted up to Calgary and um, spent 
a lovely summer because again, I felt like I could always make it if I had my place, if I had my stuff. Mm-hmm. If, if you had your duffel bags, exactly. <laughs> if people, exactly. If people yeah. came to visit me, it I could just make it work. Totally. And so we came home kind of probably in August and said, so they're moving us to Guildford, um, Britain. Okay. And we moved. It's right in between Gatwick and Heathrow. It was perfect for him traveling. We had a beautiful home there for what ended up being not very many months. But my plan when I got there was like I had now I needed a doctor because I'm coming in mm-hmm. to the UK at 20 weeks pregnant um, with, you know, a year and a half year old. And again, <laughs> first night sleeping on the carpet with the duffel bag clothing, like, cause we yeah. didn't have anything, <laughs> you know, wow. all those things that Kev just hates being yeah. reminded about because it was just yeah. rented a what car, a went to Ikea, got the stuff, yeah. you know, but again, we, cause once I think because Nigeria was so hard and so hard to connect after that, I was so fast at it. Right. You know, yeah. moved to Cairo was like, where's the women's group? Where's the play yeah. baby play groups? Where's all that stuff? Like I was in it. Same thing in, in, um, Surrey. Like I was like, Oh, this church, let's go there. Um, women's group, play group, mm-hmm. you know, Tuesday mm-hmm. mornings, we're going to do this. Like once I kind of, again, baby life, once you got that kind of set up, totally I routine. was like, okay. Yeah. And you know, yeah. You know, Andrea, like as a young mom, it's not like you always have all this time for all no. these other people anyways. No. <laughs> no. You're, you're doing this thing. And I so, live a very sheltered life. <laughs> exactly. And so <laughs> wherever I was, I think I was just trying to live that life. Mm. Um, Emma was born. I separated my pelvis with her birth. And two Ooh. days after we got home, Kevin was laid off from this seismic company based out of Texas. And so again, it was like, here we go, pivot again. And, you know, the whole time that we were in Britain, he kept thinking, why am I doing this? Why don't I do this for me? Mm. And sometimes he doesn't tell me those things because I'm just trying to do Mm -hmm. the daily life thing. And, And it was perfect timing kind of then. Mm-hmm. Because I got to go home with mm-hmm. a six-month-old or six-week-old baby, you know, with a two-year-old and kind of reintegrate back mm-hmm. to Calgary right. to life. You know, yeah. we were just kind of getting to a point where we were like, hey, you know, Maddie took a long time to walk. She's starting to not have as many words. And it was really, I think we would have been great in Britain for that, you know, mm-hmm. but it was a great time to come home. And, um, probably made me again, another thing that made me be, let's have people over, let's see the people that we love. Mm -hmm. Let Mm -hmm. me do that because I'd had time where I couldn't do that to anybody. Um, and so it just became that much more precious to you to be able to do mm -hmm. that for other people. It totally is, you know. I think I always loved to cook and I always loved food and I always loved like creative stuff. Um, but it really honed it on down mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. that now is super purposeful about it. Yeah. You know, that mm-hmm. if, 
if I had an opportunity or if I could have somebody over, if I could see somebody, I totally did it whenever I could. And, and I think we've always used our like home for that, you know, mm. that this, Absolutely. this yeah. was a place that we could be blessed, but we would bless people mm. at. And, and, you know, those times overseas just really made that important to me. Um, yeah. And so, you know, then we kind of hit a real, how many years of pretty stable in Calgary. Kev still traveled. He still started up this seismic company, mm-hmm. you know, some really crazy time in that way with work. But for me, it was this quite a stable time because I didn't, I didn't travel as much, you know, not until maybe Emma was four and we were starting to do this. Oh, we got to go to Dubai for a month. And, you know, the next year it was like, hey, we got to go for two months. And then the next year he was like, hey, we got to go for four months, you know? And I was like, okay. And again, I think because of experience and, and I do honor my husband. I was like, that time I said, hey, if we go for four months, we need to set this up different mm. because there's nothing like being somewhere that's not at home and then having, and your husband is working and his life is whatever. Yeah. But now mm-hmm. I have these two little girls who are like, Hey mommy, what are we doing today? Every yeah. day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And moms do that every day. But when you're not in your own in your home own, and you're yeah. not thing and you don't, you can't drive and everything is this, right. it, yeah. it was super hard and tiring. Mm-hmm. And so we came in 2008 to Dubai, which I thought was for four months. And maybe Kev didn't think that at the time, but I thought that's what we were doing. And um, how many weeks in, he says this, because, you know, I never ask her for coffee anymore, because the last time I asked you for coffee, I told you we couldn't go home to Canada. But... You know, he takes me out to Caribou Coffee and says, listen, we're going to have to stay, you know, just business wise. We need, I need to be here. I need to do this. So do you, what do you want to do? You Mm want to go home and pack? Do you want to come back in two weeks? Do you want to go home and come back in September? Um, Where do you want to live now? Because we are like in this apartment and, and I was like, well, I'm not going all the way home yeah um mm-hmm. if i'm already all the way over if I'm here all the way then, over here um yeah. and so that was again just a really different time from when we moved you know into 1996 i knew what was going on you right. know right yeah i knew you, you sort of knew what you were going into i had been anticipating this for some time being yeah, like okay yeah. we think this is mm-hmm. going to happen this was really and maybe everyone else thinks i i pretty much live day by day I did not see it coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was to a place that I knew really well. We mm-hmm. had been there how many years, you know, in previous for a month or two again here and there. So it was a place that I knew, which again was good. You know, you know we knew, I now knew people because of work, you know, that have had an office there, um, all this stuff. But it, you know, those are hard things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm the oldest of, excuse me, seven, all of my brothers and sisters lived here. All of Kevin's siblings lived here. You know, that 
has always been such a draw for me. And people again and again were like, why? Why did you come back to Calgary? Even at the end of those two years. Right. And I will again and again say, Calgary is such a great place to live. You know, people who, who, it, it, we just have a great standard of living. It is, you don't need to go very far to realize that you don't. Um, yeah, you, you don't have to go all the way to Nigeria. You don't. <laughs> to to right. realize that like Calgary's a pretty like, great man, city. When I would yeah. come home from Nigeria and I'd go into 7-Eleven, I'd be like, wow. <laughs> and all our families, yeah. I'm sure, remember because I'd just be like, look at this. Yeah. Like, because all of that stuff, all that life and hard and easy shopping and, you know, you, mm-hmm. especially when you consider even now these days when you're like, mm, do I really feel like going to the grocery store? Let's just order mm-hmm. in, you know, yeah, let's just go yeah. pick it up. I'll do this order. Like that's just so mind blowing in comparison to what that was mm-hmm. all like. Like when you've seen what you had in Nigeria or in <sighs> even in Cairo, I'm sure. Totally. Like- Food was way better in Cairo. Yeah, like let's <laughs> not. That. It way it was way better. Where I could actually walk to a butcher and I could walk to thing. Um, but Nigeria was just really, really difficult. Like that way, especially food. I I have mm. never in my life thought I could be a vegetarian, and there I was like, it was really meat was really hard. Mm. And yeah, but it was again, you know, you always just do this day, and yeah. that's. That's the only day you have grace for. Hmm. You know, the looking back sometimes, I'm like, wowzer. Like, we really did that? But (laughs) I will really tell you that at no time did I go, this is literally, I can't take it. Like, Mm. I mean, I've had hard and I've had crazy lonely Mm -hmm. in some places, right? But, yeah. So, again, we, you know, transitioned we were in Dubai till 2000, middle of 2010 and moved home. And yeah, you know, a great time to come home. Emma was in grade six that year coming up, you know, started all the things that she was doing and we, I just loved it. You know, Kevin continued to having to be away in and probably these last 13 years almost since we've been home has probably been some of his most difficult times with work. Mm. Um, and then pandemic is thrown in and yeah. like really difficult with travel. You know, we had a time where we didn't see him for six months. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. That was what, two, be, two years ago, like right you know, the sort fall of near the of, beginning of the pandemic. Right? Yeah, like the fall of 2020. We yeah. didn't see him from then until the beginning of May 2021. Yeah. That's yeah, because he was gone for it that Christmas bonkers. and he was gone for your birthdays. And, totally. And yeah. it, and just, you know, again, here we are almost how many years later? You can't even imagine. But again, I wasn't at the time willing to travel with Maddie anywhere. I, you know, he couldn't travel because of quarantine and coming back. It mm-hmm. just, none of that was really working. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, it so was hard. crazy. So, yeah, we... Yeah, we're here. We are. Yeah, twenty twenty three, March. You know, March twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah, all, that a little bit all behind us. So, well, but, I I love. I mean, it's it's really cool to actually hear so much of your story because I've known you for a long time, um, but I feel like I didn't know so much of that, mm-hmm. and 
like it, it came up a few times in what you were saying. Like it was just that day. Like I just had that day and we just had to get through that day. And like, that's been, that's been such a big thing for me, like throughout this whole pandemic. Totally. And like when I got diabetes nine years ago, like it was one day at a time, one day at a time, mm-hmm. like the, exactly like what you said, the day you have, like you're, you're given enough grace for the day totally. that you have. Well, and sometimes you don't feel like you actually have that grace. Yeah. You know? No, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that, again, my faith is what made those days work. Mm. And some of them were terrible, you know, crazy hard. Like, but again, I feel so blessed that I don't look back on it as being that was terrible. I could say those, some of that was terrible. Like there were some terrible experiences for sure. But I don't think... You know, that is a gift, I think, that, mm. number one, that my marriage survived. You know, yeah. I think a lot of people, all of those things would have been too hard. You know, um, you see, you know, expats again and again divorcing. You know, they just can't take the stress of that. Mm-hmm. Special needs families. Yeah parents Mm -hmm. divorcing because they can't take Mm -hmm. the stress of that um you know then we came home and my mom passed away my dad was really sick the next year um my daughter emma had a terrible um time when she had a seizure and ended up having to have a craniotomy um a brain surgery to remove some stained matter in her in her brain because she'd had some bleeding And then two years later, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Right. And, you know, again, God has been good to us. Mm -hmm. He really has because lots of hard things. Um, But I am so grateful for my husband and my children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and you live it too. Like, I mean. Yeah. Even not knowing some of those things, like there's just so much. Um, I don't even know like I feel emotional just thinking about it just like there's just so much unspeakable joy that radiates from you and then hearing all of the things that you I mean essentially have had to go through it's like it's bonkers <laughs> like I don't even <laughs> yeah. I don't think people will ever understand how like yeah how you are able to just be who you are in spite of all of those trials and tribulations that not only you but your whole family has gone through like it's just it's uh it's crazy Shannon it's nuts (laughs) I mean as as you're saying that I'm just thinking about like in, in the Bible, Paul was like listing this whole, uh, he had this whole list of things that happened to him. Like I was shipwrecked this many times and we were imprisoned this many times and this many things happened to us. And, and you know, at the end of it all, he said, I've learned the secret of being content in mm. any circumstance, right? And that even mm-hmm. though he went through all these things, it made him the person that he was. And you going through all these things with your husband and with your daughter with special needs and with Emma and her, 
her brain issues and then your breast cancer and time living out of duffel bags, like that has made you the person you are. And that, and that joy and that exactly like what Andrew said, that joy like radiates from you Mm -hmm. and it's, it's beautiful to see. And it's, yeah, it's it's amazing. It, you know, again, you, we are the sum of our parts Yeah, and you know, experience, I don't know. It, it can be good and bad and it can be totally. both at the same time. Yeah. Um, well, and you, and you have to, you have to choose joy in those situations. Like you, you 100%. can absolutely like, yeah. I feel like so many people, if they have had anywhere near a similar story to you, what you have gone through, like, I just don't know how many people come out of it on the other side and can say like, yep, we did that. And it was hella hard, but we're here now. And, and like those experiences have made us who we are. Like I even just like, yeah, I love the whole just needing a place, like needing a place to just feel kind of like a sense of normalcy, like Mm. having your cabin, like that's just such a beautiful thing. And it, I'm sure had many hard times like I can't even imagine having two kids without having like you know that constant support from the other parent like I mean I have evenings and weekends with Matt home but like I now take that for granted thinking about how you went like six days (laughs) like oh my gosh six days after you had a baby (laughs) And your husband's like, hey, gotta go. And like, we all know in this moment, this is no shame to Kevin because he is going off doing what he is going to do. But like six days old, Shannon, (laughs) like I would have been in a ball (laughs) curled, rocking back and forth, being like, what the actual heck? (laughs) Yeah. You know, again, because I think, okay, I'm I'm in my in-laws basement and um, I'm not moving great, you know, my mm-hmm. first baby and I take him to the airport and I remember walking to the mall and putting her car seat in the, um, Safeway thing. Cause I'm not walking great. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I just need to like move a little, you know, but I also would tell you that again and again, I had to be keeping my heart soft mm. and not being how did you just how how can I enunciate this that I was always a hundred percent that I was never expecting him Mm. to do 50 and me to do 50 Mm, right because the times that even you know say he's traveled or he's been away and and that I have come, that he comes home and I have this whole list of ex- expectations. That is diabolical. Mm. I always tried to not have this list of things for him. Mm-hmm. Mm. To not be like, hey, you're here now and so I'm going to go do this. Right, yeah. yeah. Probably I should have done it a little more sometimes, right? But I think to date still you know again I say almost 34 years I can hardly believe it actually sometimes I wonder gosh do I know anything yet Mm. but (laughs) yeah to 
to stay as soft is the only word I can think of, not to harden my heart, mm. you know, not to be like this, um, you know, when's it going to be good for me or when is this? It's, I totally. just, again, I feel like that is a gift that God has given me to be like, hey, you know, even through the pandemic when, again, six months with Maddie, she never was anywhere else yeah. except with mm-hmm. me ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will tell you that I am more content with Maddie and our time together and the things that we do together mm. than I ever have been mm, in this that's life. beautiful. Wow. Um, and, and I feel like lots of things like New West, you know, mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. coming to sing. When I first started with New West in 2013, I was doing it as something for me to yeah. get out of the house. Yeah, we were talking about this the other day. Yeah, mm-hmm. to get yeah, something for me to get out of the house and that it was just for me. Yeah. And then when I did come back after cancer, I now needed to do it with her. Mm-hmm. And it has been a joy for me yeah. to mm-hmm. see people interact with her, to see her become she is our biggest fan. I don't, you know, it seems to oh, me, I think 100%. other people think that, but yeah. she loves to come to the point that even if Kev is in home or he's always home, mm-hmm. like she wants to come. She doesn't, she wants to come. She, um, you know, we, I, Maddie and I go to this knitting um, stitchers group that <laughs> those women love her and mm-hmm. it's huge for us, you know, plus our friends and family that are not in those kind of two groups. Plus we have a beautiful like family. Yeah. Um, and Maddie just gets love from all of those places, you know, mm-hmm. um, we, you know, even now we would say like, I'm a, um, Mary, the most lovely guy and their family. It brings us to tears. How lovely mm-hmm. we love that family. Um, and the joy that Maddie has with them and just again that's just popped in my head community is the word that I would use Mm. that I think because of those times away I have always really tried to create it wherever I am right you know yeah yeah like if if Mm. it's trying to find women's groups in London or in Cairo or trying to find people to do things with and just create Totally. A, a circle of people around you. Yeah, totally. And I'm sure part of that was just a way of coping with exactly with you every see move somebody? and transition that you had to do. Yeah, you, you want to see somebody? Hey, this guy's here. Like, have him for dinner. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, but totally a basis for you know something that I I really love to do and try to be purposeful about. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and, and I know like any time that that Maddie is in the room for, for a rehearsal. And I know you probably feel the same, Andrea, like anytime the Maddie's in the room, it's, it's like the brightest light has just walked through oh, the yeah. door, you that know, girl, every week. Like she's so sweet. We all just love her so much. <laughs> it's so like, easy I think to I, love I, her. I think I can honestly just say that for the whole group. Like everybody in the group just yeah. loves Maddie. And for, for so Very many years easy. that you've been bringing yeah. her to rehearsal, like, you know, she's, she's part of, the choir and orchestra as much as anyone that's on the risers or on the mm-hmm. stage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, that is a gift to me because yeah. school was hard. 
Mm-hmm. You know, her yeah. going to school was hard. Maddie has um, severe apraxia, which means that she can take in language, you know, mm-hmm. receive language, but she doesn't, can't express it in the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, so she is like three to four kind of words, mm-hmm. rarely full sentences. But, you know, every year I feel like it's just a little bit more. Like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful watching the two of you. Like, you can tell that there is such a strong bond because, yeah, oh, like yeah. she she isn't able oh, to yeah. to you know deliver the message, but you always somehow know exactly what she's trying to say and what she's trying to communicate. And like, I just think the other night when we were out afterwards and we were having this full on conversation, and she was watching the game, like she was super tuned into the the um hockey yeah. game that was playing. <laughs> And like we were having this conversation an and she game? kind of, no, I think it was a flames game, wasn't it? Or like highlights or any, something. I don't, it was the anyway. flames game. Cause it was going into overtime. With okay. Boston. Right. Okay. Yeah. With Boston. But like we were having this conversation and then she was trying to tell you something and you knew exactly like, it wasn't that she was trying to contribute to what we were talking about. She was wanting to like share something about the game and you just knew like, there's just, it's such hmm. a beautiful bond that you two have that is just like I know and I'm sure that there are hard days and there are um really great days but it's just so yeah it's just beautiful to watch the bond between like I just yeah I could I can't even form sentences right now it's just so (laughs) yeah uh, yeah it's it you are someone to look up to in so many different ways, whether it's the mother, whether it's the friend, whether it's the wife, whether it's like whatever part it is, there's just like friend, there's just so many things, Shannon, that you have that are like, they give me goosebumps when I think really hard and long about them. And it just like trying to figure out what, like when you talk about, you know, having a soft heart and I think about the day that I just had with Parker and it's like, oh man, how do I, how do I channel a better, more like long <laughs> yeah. patience, you know, rope with my daughter who is just a stubborn teenager and yeah, like there's just so much to glean Teenager, from. yeah. See, you know, it's like you just got to channel Shannon a little bit. You, I Gosh. seriously, you probably didn't want to be me in some yeah. of those days. Nobody does. Well, I definitely didn't want to move perfect. that much. <laughs> no. <laughs> Granted, I you moved know, a lot. Again, I just didn't move overseas that much. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I think again, there's always like, well, why would you do that? But there was all the always the alternative. Like even that first time when he was like, "Hey, we got to go to Hanover," I was like, mm. "Yahoo." Like, yeah. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. You know, those were kind of the things. I wasn't going there to think that I was going to be by myself in a hotel room for how many weeks. And, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like that. Totally. But, you know, parenting is hard. Mothering is hard. Um, it's never going to be perfect. I think you always just have to be, I'm sorry. I'm not perfect. You know, yeah. Um, it if you know i think there's especially with your kids at whatever point you you have to be like i i'm sorry i said that i mm. you know and sometimes it might take you a few days to be like mm-hmm. wow i'm really sorry i did that that other day yeah. your kids probably don't remember you know but <laughs> you know you do i and again as a parent man i was such a different parent between the two of them mm-hmm. like it was mm, really totally well you have to be 
Totally. And, you know, again, I I think I was always worried that I wasn't able to give Mm. Emma as much of me sometimes. Um, Because to Maddie... Or Maddie just, just demanded it was just, so much. It was just more, yeah. you know, yeah. and 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 she was again not, you know, you're talking about our communication at age 26. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, at age five and seven and whatever, it wasn't so no. great, yeah. you know. Yeah. And her patience and her frustration was just way more mm. um then for sure. You know, her her ability to be in different situations now. Mm. You know, I was even saying to JMO, um, tomorrow we're traveling. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're going on a girls weekend with Emma and Maddie and, and Emma's mother-in-law. And gosh, in years past, she would, Maddie would have been just really hard work right now, you know, mm-hmm. packing and repacking. And, <clears throat> and to see this where she's pretty chill she knows that tomorrow morning she's going to pack mm-hmm. it's so I'm so grateful for it because I've walked lots of days where it wasn't like this and and we have traveled a fair amount always you know kind of mm-hmm. pandemic was maybe the least that we traveled like those two years but and she's just like she's so great at it you know yeah. I think that's the other thing so many families with a special needs kid would never do that yeah. you know wouldn't they, they, um, they wouldn't think it's even possible exactly for them. yeah um you know there's times where i have to say hey just so you know she's special needs and if she can't read the menu or you know those kinds of things mm-hmm. but on the other hand i again and again feel like people are so just engage with her more than because of that or remember us more, Mm -hmm. you know, and stuff like that, you know, um, she's kind of always been a barometer for whether I actually think we're going to actually gel with somebody. Um, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like if, if it's, it's been, sometimes you're like, Hmm, this might not be a real close friendship, you know, he's not picking up on, vibes from mm, the totally. person so much like, so exactly or yeah. or and it, nobody's fault but you know it you can always tell the people who are and again t- daily there's somebody staring at us or doing whatever mm. yeah you yeah. know um or maybe think that she needs to be able to do more or do whatever and you know, right. and um yeah but <laughs> that's funny people you say always that, have their opinions the other right? night like yeah, like the other night when I was here, um, kind of bartending for your father-in-law's birthday party, like she was so helpful. Are you kidding me? <laughs> she was so helpful. In it to like win she, it. She wrote down all the drinks on a, on a paper and she went around to every person in the room and she asked what they wanted and she wrote it down on another piece of paper with their name so and cute. the drink and put it on the counter and I said, okay, perfect. And so I made the drink and she brought it to that person. Aww. Like She killed it. And and we had Emma's um, engagement party here yes. at the house, and Maddie was killing it that entire night. She was so helpful, and it was really fun, honestly, to do that whole crazy, wild, fun, <laughs> insane <laughs> evening well, with uh, with somebody like Maddie, also like at my side there, just helping out. Like she, it was it was so fun. 
you so know, much fun. Again. So like she can do so much more than I think a lot of people would give her credit for. Well, and again, you know, people talk to Kevin and I or our mm-hmm. family about, you know, you you guys are so hospitable and you're so generous. And mm-hmm. but if we are, she is too. And yeah. that yeah. is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And and she sees this life and she well, she loves you, Jameson. Oh, yeah. And she loves people. Um mm-hmm. And she loves to help when mm-hmm. it's good, right? Mm-hmm. You know, next day when she didn't get up till whatever time, it could yeah. really <laughs> cope. You know, <laughs> she was probably just story. so pooped because she was she running was, around. But she totally was. And, you know, and again, I think, man, how many years ago? 10 years ago? Yeah. How many years ago? I'm not sure I ever would have thought that that was in our lives yeah. to come. Um, so, so cool. Like, really cool. Um, I appreciate You're totally that. right though. Yeah. Like if you, that's like any situation really. And I think instead of putting her in like a separate category of like limiting her for what she's capable mm-hmm. of doing, right? Like if you, just like any kid, if you are setting the example for your kids, then the likelihood of them also living out that kind of lifestyle is going to be higher than if you're like, yeah, if, if you're hospitable, just like you said, if you're hospitable, she's going to be hospitable. Like Mm -hmm. if you're not setting that example and that precedent, then why would she know any different? Right. Like, and I think that, yeah, that extends beyond in so many ways. Well, again, as a parent and, or as you know, her needs, et cetera, kind of came about, I don't even know if I ever would have thought that that would be something that could work, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm. you know, there'd be times where I felt like I had to really limit how many people we could be around, you know, like limit the energy for her. Exactly. Limit Mm -hmm. whatever. And, and test um, the waters. Exactly. Like just the, the growth in that has Mm. been a lot. Um, I would say in the past, probably even since that, since, you know, 2015, when I was diagnosed with cancer, I would say, you know, she graduated in 2015. She graduated as I was wow. starting chemo. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, I think again, we have lived our lives to be like, this is our family's life and this is her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even when she was, I totally forgot about this, but when she was graduating, um, she was in the first graduating class from Robert Thirsk here in Northwest Calgary. And I'm not entirely sure there was another girl, special needs in her class, that actually had a gown, you know, mm. that actually had a special dress for that day. Mm. And it was kind of heartbreaking to me to see that. Yeah. Sometimes I think parents are so it's so hard, you know, their daily life and this, they're like, maybe for why maybe yeah. do they, you know, I don't know, but it was, it was kind of shocking to me, you know, she, that day particularly stood out to me that, 
of all the girls and not all everybody even was at the banquet mm. um etc cetera, etc cetera. um but you know i think we've tried to give her within her abilities mm-hmm. the most normal in, like in her comfort thing we can too right exactly yeah yeah I mean, Which any, is so any yeah. big like choir concert that she's been to, or obviously for for Emma's wedding last summer and for mm-hmm. the engagement party, like she had a dress picked out for all of those events. Totally, mm-hmm. and she loves that so much. Like you can just see it on her face. She's showing it off. She's showing off pictures. She's totally pulling it out and like putting it on for people. Exactly. Like that's so <laughs> beautiful. And even even the other night too, like when I was bartending, she was watching me like a hawk. She was so attentive. And she's she's so smart, that one. It's unbelievable. She's so smart. She's so quick. She and you know, so I think funny. Again, My goodness, is that girl ever <laughs> funny? Like Yeah. She she you know, she could be all those things for mm-hmm. sure. Um mm-hmm. yeah, and and again, all the things she loves. Mm-hmm. She loves people, she loves a party, she loves to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Except when you don't, you know, and we're yeah. all like that, right? And we're all yeah, like absolutely. that. We're we all, all have like our days. Yeah. yeah. But um, again, she's, the other thing with Maddie that's always amazed me is how fast she is with a device. Mm. Like, because she doesn't I, Oh my gosh. I yeah. remember like looking over her shoulder one time because we got, we were in this habit for a little while where she would always send me like a Pinterest pin, um, of what I should do with my nails and like what she was going to do next with her nails at her next appointment. And I just remember like looking over her shoulder as she was trying to pull it up and just like her, like, like she taught me something about my own dang phone. I was like, what? I didn't even know you could do that. Like, and you worked for Apple. (laughs) I like, it was like this secret. I don't know. I have no idea. Anyways, I just like saw her do it and I was like, what? Like, I do you have some know. cool feature set on your phone? Or and then I tried it on my and phone. And I was totally like, doesn't... "What? Oh my goodness!" <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah, it wow. is hilarious. Um, <laughs> and it's again, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't look at Pinterest. If anybody's gonna show me something in Pinterest, it's actually yeah, Maddie it's actually showing Maddie. me. Yeah. Um, it, which is always kind of a little bit mind-blowing right mm-hmm. um because if you wrote out say hey can you do this she, mm-hmm. she can't do that mm-hmm. but if if I am like hey are you looking for a picture you know for this and the next thing I know she's like this or she's you know we're driving back and forth from the lake and she's like mommy look yeah. and she's looked at this new cocktail that we should try and I'm like <laughs> hey send it to me yeah <laughs> you Amazing. know um yeah. Again, I think that's super... like the beautiful thing with the whole um, like neurodiver- or neuro, yeah, neurodiversity world, how technology can be integrated for so many people, whether mm. they have like a physical mm-hmm. disability or mm-hmm. there's like a speech delay or something like that. Like technology is bonkers and it has changed the way that we work with this um, community with like, it's just crazy. Like, yeah, it's. It's so cool. I will tell you that it has enlarged her world Mm -hmm. in a huge way. Totally. Um, The amount of people that she will keep in contact 
connect with totally. the amount of people that she will reach out to. Mm-hmm. Um, Her texts are adorable. Way so. more oh, than yeah. I would have ever. <laughs> I still do, yeah. you know. Right. Um, and I kind of love it. I love mm-hmm. it that, again, she finds the people who want to do that with her yeah. or who are, yeah. who are interested to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's cool that way. I was sure. getting so many texts from her, like before the wedding, right? Like, <laughs> she's, when Maddie, she starts, wedding, like she when was she so starts excited. anticipating and she yeah. knows who's going to be around or do whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. and, um, you know, as you would with your friends, of and, course, yeah. um, it is, it's very special. It is special. And I think I'm actually can't believe that I like I truly don't monitor it very much you know like Mm. that it has been you know in this day and age where some of this could have really gone wrong or been hard um we have been again that barometer you know who who could actually do this with her or who Mm -hmm. will engage with her like this and um yeah, she's she's worldly in lots of ways and knowing whatever things and then just really, you know, innocent in a lot of ways too. Totally. So, yeah, fun. Such a cutie. Fun. want to ask you and feel free if, if you don't want to talk about it either but um yeah if, if you would like to talk about your cancer diagnosis and and that whole journey and that massive ordeal that you um first got introduced to and then went through and now have overcome mm-hmm. if you want to talk about any of that yeah it was You know, I would say probably the hardest part for me, because again, we've talked about how, hey, I do this and I have this community and I do this. And for my family, I'm this, this and this. And to get into a situation when I couldn't be those things Mm -hmm. was tough. Mm -hmm. Um, I had found a lump in my left breast and kind of was like, Hey, funny, you know? And I would say a number of weeks later was like, wow, that's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally was like, I actually am going to have to go get this looked at. You know, lots of people talk about, there's so many different ways, you know, everybody is different and that is one thing that I learned through that journey is everybody does this different. Mm-hmm. So I called my doctor and they were like, okay, like everyone's super low key, you know? And, and so I actually didn't even see, excuse me, a nurse or the doctor. I actually saw a nurse practitioner and she's like, Hmm, yeah, there's something there. Let's just send you for a mammogram. And mm-hmm. I was 49 at the time. So I had never had one yet. It's not in my family. Um, 
nobody in my family had any history of any cancer. And yeah, I don't even know right now, I think the date to start still mammograms is 50. It might have dropped to 40. I'm not Mm. really sure. But went for a mammogram and I didn't actually, I don't think have was ever happy about this, but I didn't tell Kevin that I was going Hmm. for a mammogram Hmm. until the day that I had to go. And we had, because again, I'm trying to keep this low key. I'm like, could be anything. Could be a cyst, you know? And we had just come back from a quick trip away with the four of us. And we came back for my niece's wedding. And... Two days later, I was on the Monday going for this mammogram, and I almost probably wouldn't even needed to tell him even that I had to go for a mammogram, except we had an issue with a car, and we were done to one car, and so a lot of things were happening that day, and I was like, hey, but I need the vehicle at this time, and and I'll never forget him being like, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just going for a mammogram, and totally cool. <laughs> so casual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was casual because, you know, again, I'll tell you because Emma overheard me. She's like, what? What for? And to hear that question Mm. in her voice, I was like, yeah, just going for this. I don't even, I'm pretty sure he did not love it after. I don't even think I, I did not say I, it's because I found something. I just said, oh, hey, I'm going for this. Mm-hmm. It went pretty quickly, actually, at that appointment, because not only did they say, oh, yes, we see something, but they were like, hey, we're going to do an ultrasound right now. And so we did the ultrasound, and then the radiologist came in to me and said, listen, we have time, and you're you're going to have to come back anyways, we think, but mm-hmm. we're going to do a biopsy right now. Right, yeah. So I am still trying to be very calm cool and collected yeah because mm. again i'm like this could be whatever you know and um and kev's calling me texting being like hey where are you and I'm like, oh i'm still here and and all of a sudden now i'm at a place where i'm actually having a biopsy and um and it wasn't great mm. um hurt and the nurse said to me, wow, you are one, what did she say? One something cookie, one tough cookie. But again, I was like, until you tell me what mm-hmm. this is, I'm not going there. And, you know, mm-hmm. all those things that I've done in my life, like if I'm overreacting, if I'm doing whatever, like nothing of that helps, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wasn't I just was like, okay, let's go and see. So then to come home and be like, hey, I did have a mammogram. Oh, actually, I had to have an ultrasound then. And oh, actually, I had to have a biopsy. You know, Kev was like, you're never doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, you, you it best, changed. You best tell me. Exactly. <laughs> but it changed, it changed everything yeah. from that moment on, hmm. you know, because now all of a sudden, you know, Maddie actually really reacts to stress, mm. which is probably something that I haven't really talked about, which would probably be another reason why I am 
on the other side of being more not reactive to mm. things. And and so I was So that like, your stress doesn't stress her exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And being like, yep, you know, we'll see. Well, the next day I get a call from my family doctor who I had actually never met. And that was a poor mm. appointment. You know, she said to me, oh, they think it's cancer probably. And you're <laughs> probably going to have a, a mastectomy like in two in two weeks and oh my goodness. all these things. She was, it was terrible. Mm. And so I uh, did, I think then the next day I was still waiting. Um, and I think, but I think they already actually made me an appointment with an oncologist mm. or maybe that wasn't till the next day. I really, you know, those, those days all of a sudden were like, Hey, mm-hmm. day by day. And mm-hmm. You know, by the Thursday, then I did get a call from that doctor saying, it is cancer. Um, We have an appointment with you with an oncologist. And here you go, you know. Wow. So, and funny enough, Kev was away that Mm. night. And so I actually had to tell him that I had cancer over the phone, which is not good because you really go into this super fog of... yeah nothing's kind of real and it's just kind of crazy. And, and I ended up talking with a friend of ours from the lake who is a, a, who is a surgeon and who does lots of um, breast cancer surgeries. Mm. And he was like, I don't want you to see that oncologist, that surgeon. I want you to see somebody else. Hmm. And I was like, what? Wow. Like, they've already <laughs> given me the appointment. Like, I I don't know if I can do this. It's not really, you know, you tell me what I'm doing. I'm going to follow mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I ended up calling the next day to the doctor's office and said, listen, you know, a friend of mine um, has asked me to, to see if I can see this person instead. And it would not be something I would have done. And they were like, really? Because you know, I don't think we're going to be able to get you in as quickly. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. Hmm. And, and for whatever reason, you know, I, I would say that's what God had for me because it certainly wouldn't have been something I would have done. I loved my Hmm. um, surgeon. I loved, so I met with her first and she was like, Hey, but by the way, you're not going to do surgery first. And we're going to send you to your oncologist now, which was so opposite of anything I'd ever heard about breast Mm. cancer. Mm. Everything was, you're going to have this removed straight away, right? Right. And then you're going to do these things. And I had never known anybody. Maybe anybody that I'd ever known with cancer had passed. like, And I'd had nobody close to me. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like I was like, okay. And... She was like, so I'll see you after chemo and radiation is, or chemo is finished. We'll do surgery and you don't have to decide yet what you want for surgery. I'll see you in how many months? I was like, okay, weirdo. Here we go. Um, (laughs) Met with my surgeon. And I think even before you meet with them, they're like, hey, go do those bone density tests now. Go do... um, Go do this. I don't think I did a CAT 
scan, I think it was the bone density, which was the most important thing now to okay. know is, is this only in one place? Mm. Um, right. Which that phone call that you get saying that it was clear was a big one for me because now you know that you're just dealing with just the one, one place. area. Yeah. yeah. Met with my oncologist. Um, he was so delightful. His nurse, um, I don't even know. Maybe she goes to Rock Point or Rock Point's sister church. But gosh, she total treat. They, they, they. You know, for whatever they, she just spoke into me. They, um, they were so great, and I was like, and he was like, "Here you go." Gives you a book. It's this stage two B. Mm. It's this kind. Um, this is going to be the drug for your chemo. This is going to be this, you know, every three weeks we're going to do this. And they just laid it up like, like a whole menu really is really what it is. Right. It's like this whole menu. Seven course meal. Exactly. And you and I am (laughs) like, okay. Wow. And he said, Shannon, there's going to be so many people talking to you and whispering in your ear. Mm -hmm. And I looked at him and I said, Mark Webster is his name. And I said, I'm not that person. If you're going to tell me this, then that's what I'm doing. Mm. Um, again, I I didn't need to get myself into those pits, mm-hmm. not good places. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, you tell me what to do. And he goes, this is, if we do this and this, this is going to be your life expectancy, but, it, you know, whatever. And I was like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Just doing another move from Nigeria, well, right? Yes. Like, and again, it's, it's I don't, the same sort it, of pattern again. Right? And I just was like, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, did the first round? It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't good. Um, I probably had every terrible reaction. The pain, I will never forget the pain wow. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, when you, do, you know, and again. We're talking how many years now? Almost eight years since I started. I'm sure maybe some of the drugs, et cetera, are different, but I had to take this um, this injection that would go right to your bones, okay. like to try and regenerate um, white blood cells, et cetera, and right, stuff. Because right. you'd think, oh, well, that would hurt where the tumor is, like in the breast. My bones hurt so bad. I, like, oh. I by the end, like you were, you know, you were taking Tylenol. Then they're like, "Well, add on the um, Advil, and then add in Naproxen." Right. Yeah. And then if that's not good, like now add in the codeine. And, and probably in my life, I re- maybe didn't realize, but I don't metabolize codeine. Okay. So I okay. was actually at this point of pain that I couldn't even control. And um, because the codeine wasn't working for it, you, it did. It just doesn't. I don't metabolize it. So wow. And the, and the other thing that I loved about, and I I hope every oncologist does this, but he would be like, "This day you're going to feel like this. This mm. day you're going to feel like this. Mm. This mm-hmm. day you're going to feel like this. These are the days where you have no immunity. You know, really can't be around very many people or whatever. And but." At this date, you're going to start feeling a little bit better. Mm. Honestly, it was like that. Mm. And I took such such strength with that because because he already told me what it was going to be like. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. 
again, it was a gift. I, you know, I don't know anybody else really, but I was so grateful for it. And, um, you know, so after that first round, I, my hair started falling out. I had my head shaved. Um, that was hard, really hard. But, you know, again, already, I think two years later, I met somebody and she didn't even have to do that. You know, mm-hmm. they, you know, they had a new t- technology that allowed her to cool her scalp. And so I'm not sure if everyone's still losing their hair with breast cancer, but at the mm-hmm. time that I was doing it, I mm-hmm. was. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, had to get a a wig and um, my wig was fantastic. I, you know, it was hard to tell then, which was something you really clung to when mm-hmm. you were sick. Sure. Yeah. And um, there would be times because, you know, Maddie was just finishing high school and I'll never forget the day she looked at me and was like, mommy, because I'm getting ready to drive. Mm -hmm. And she was like, hair, like, am I putting on my wig to drive her? Yeah. Because she didn't want me not to. Right. Because, Mm -hmm. again, that was just a really important thing for her. You know, again, I probably rarely wore it in the house, but. I was going out it was a big Mm -hmm. it was a big deal um I got shingles in that first round of chemo I had to um delay by a week which I found so hard because I was like here's my roadmap I'm just gonna do this and I'm gonna follow it and it's gonna be great right and um you know but even after that first I went back then four weeks later you have to test your blood to see how you're doing you know I'd never I probably never been sick. I, you know, I don't know if my girls had ever seen me in bed and you had a couple of days where like I couldn't mm. move. Um, but you know, then you got better by Wednesday. Maybe I could do whatever. And mm-hmm. by Thursday and maybe by the next Saturday, I might be able to drive. And, you know, so you, I kind of had this ebb and flow of like, mm. okay, I'm sick and I'm going to be able to recover. And now in three weeks, I'm going to do it again. But after that first round, second round, the third round, by the third round, we could physically feel that the tumor had reduced. Wow. By by two thirds. And again, you know, I don't know if God just needed me to know that, but it was so motivating to me. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter that you just had how many days in bed Mm -hmm. and you had such pain that by now I had to move on to oxycodone because I couldn't take the pain of those days. But I was like, okay, this is all working and let's go. And then, you know, the second half of chemo was a different drug, which was totally different, which was, it was so weird Mm. because, you know, that one I had this real, kind of valley of pain whereas the next type I actually was probably sicker maybe mm. not quite as sick but wasn't ever quite as well like never got mm. to that okay. third week of being and it's because of that injection like that it didn't ever boost you up right right so I was supposed to have eight rounds of chemo and um after the seventh at the sixth one, I couldn't do it in three weeks. I wasn't well enough. Or maybe I just made it under the wire. Okay. Like I'd gone for blood work on the Wednesday, Friday morning. They're like, go again. Got the results and they're like, okay, go in. Like it was literally, you know, by an hour. Okay, you can do it. The seventh round, 
I just wasn't better. And I wasn't, I had to wait a whole nother week, which again, by that point, you're just like, oh. But you, you just didn't bounce back to I a didn't point bounce where, back. Where it just seventh you were, one was again. And that, this is why people, again, medicine is miraculous. How many years ago? How many decades ago? Somebody would have died just from those treatments because they did oh, them yeah. both at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both at the same time. I was like, that really would have killed me. Like I was like, yeah. wow. Um, and then I remember going into the oncologist, the surgeon, because she kind of needed to make a date. And she said to me, okay, so you've had seven treatments. She goes, you're not, you're not responding really mm -hmm. great anymore. And I just think there's no point to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, one more month, let's stop chemo, give you a couple of weeks to kind of get ready. And then mm -hmm. we're going to do surgery. And by that time, you know, between her, my oncologist, between you know, my friend um, was a surgeon. All of them said to me, there's no need to do a mastectomy. You, and when I first started, I was like, of course I'm going to. I'd never heard anybody really that didn't. But I elected to do the lumpectomy and, and not because of me researching a whole bunch of things or anything, but just because they were like, you will never not look or feel the same like mm. um and that that there's no life expectancy difference between a lumpectomy and a mastectomy right so if you want to do that if you don't think you can live like this then you should probably do the mastectomy but if you can and that was super powerful for me too because i was like well if we just have to get rid of that and I don't actually have to change what my body is kind of looking like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you, you have change as it is, you know, mm -hmm. like I had nine lymph nodes removed and you know, this tumor, it wasn't completely gone, but you know, the margins, et cetera. And, and I just felt for me, it was the right decision. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because of all those tests that you do, we found out that I had some issues and that a hysterectomy was going to be a good idea at the same time. So I ended up doing both lumpectomy. The team came in and then a hysterectomy in the same day, which mm. ended up going not great. Um, mm. Ended up getting a huge infection. And then we didn't get right margins either for the lumpectomy. Okay. But um, again, got through it, um, went to see the surgeon post in between having to have another margin surgery on the breast. And she was like, oh, Shannon, you look good, but like not good for you. Like you, I was like, yeah, well, like it's been rough. And um, so then they gave me how many weeks, probably almost six weeks to kind of recoup. And then I did radiation. Okay. Every day for right. a month. I thought the radiation was a walk in the park. Um, really? Like really? compared to the chemo? Oh gosh, nothing. Like it really, they were like, oh, Shanna, don't do that. Like make sure you're <laughs> resting. And yeah, but it was just easier. And I didn't, I didn't get a rash. I didn't, you know, lots of people get super tired. I just didn't have any of that. And, um, and then was like, okay, mm. let's go. Um, I took 
drugs for five years post hugely emotional when you even stop taking that because when I first started they were like you're gonna take this for five to ten years mm. but at five he's like there's just no research that shows that it changes like right. expectancy the, so yeah, yeah. let's not you know your body changes I would say because it's lymphatic you know I'm probably a little softer a little puffier but so grateful you know, so grateful for such great people that walked alongside mm. of me. Every one, I mean, a few medical people, maybe I didn't love sure. here and there. <laughs> but for the most part, people yeah. were just so kind and so mm -hmm. helpful. And, and I just always was like, okay, let's go. Mm -hmm. And, and it was, it was hard yet beautiful in lots of ways too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. And now you are, you know, you have been cancer free for. You know, I think you they would say like since 2016, right? right. Yeah. So it's been. See, so even stop counting, which at the time you can't even hardly remember. But again, I'd never met anybody that recovered. Yeah. Mm. I never. Yeah. I had never met. And I never talked to anybody even when I was starting. You know, I ended up having two people that I knew, not super close with them, that ended up having, one was like stage one, like really early. Um, the other one, you know, probably just a little bit stage mm -hmm. higher than me. But I was like, hey, this is my experience. This is this. Do you want to see what my scar looks like? Do you want to see this? Does your daughter want to see? You right. know, like... Yeah. um. I was super, I don't think I would have expected I was probably as open as I ended up being, mm. but just knowing, again, when you know, you feel better mm. when you're given mm. the menu and the roadmap and all that stuff, Yeah, you're just like, okay. But when you're always coming up against, oh, this is unknown, this is unknown, that's really hard for people, yeah. you know, mentally, it's really hard. Ended up having two fat grafts in 2016 and 17 um, to kind of just help the look. Mm -hmm. um, they probably, I probably could have another one now. But you, you just don't really want, I guess I just don't want to <laughs> do more medically than I need to at the time mm -hmm. right now, oh. right? Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a big word cancer. Um, mm -hmm. But there's so many, you know, so much research, even now, I think they're saying that you probably will never need a mammogram, Andrea, that you're going to be able to just test blood and know whether or not you have breast cancer. Mm -hmm. Like we are, wow, we are really close to that. Wow. Really close. That's incredible. It is incredible. Yeah. You know, again, even pandemic post, what people have learned through virus, through yeah. whatever since their immunotherapy, mm -hmm. you know, it, it has pushed a lot of things forward. But it is, you know, again, my sisters, I would say, are probably more nervous, more aware. Mm. Um, you know, they've all been checked again to have a family you know, I have three sisters that none of nobody in our family, you know, I think 
maternally that that was the right. important thing yeah. nobody yeah. maternally and nobody under the age of whatever you know i think my my dad's mom had a small tumor but like was already late 70s or something yeah, like it just wasn't even yeah okay it's yeah. not even it's yeah, not part of your family history yeah. right yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy, though, when you think about it, because you're like, they're still my family. Like, because my dad's mom also had cancer, um, and I think she died from it. Like, he was super, super young. So, like, I've never, I never even met even knew, um, yeah, those grandparents. But um, I remember just like going to a checkup and get being asked a question, and I was like, well, like my grandma. <laughs> which is so weird to call someone that you've never met right. <laughs> with their title. But I was like, yeah. And they were like, oh, is that on your mom's side or your dad's side? And I was like, my dad's. And they were like, oh, then we're not going to send you. Like, it's no, like, don't. Exactly. Mm. Basically well, don't stress about yeah. it. Right. No. Yeah. You know, again, yeah. I think that, you know, people and the way they deal with fear is mm-hmm. a really big thing. Mm, totally. Yeah. You know, and um, if, Again, there's a type of of um, breast cancer that they know. They know that that is a hereditary type, right? You know, triple three usually, triple negative. You know, so, and that begs the next thing. But there's so much research around it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, again, God willing, I don't have to do that again. But mm. I know that I can. Mm. You know, because um, you already have. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, it was even, you know, because it's hard. It's hard to know. Again, Emma at the time was, how old was she? 15 to 16 almost. You know, just to be a mom at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to still be this to for Maddie, you know, not to make her fearful, you know. Mm-hmm. Those were big things for me. You know, um, that's but, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you think about oh. just like being sick when you have like a cold yeah. and you have kids and you're like, how will I, <laughs> yeah. and then that you've just, you've just amped it up 25,000 times. <laughs> you know, again, when you hear these young moms that are dealing with a cancer or whatever, and again, I can just remember getting up and trying to help Maddie get ready for school and, you know, helping her, getting her bed and then just like getting back to bed. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was it. That was my job that day, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And again, Maddie ended up being away for a long time that year. We had a caregiver for her that was super open to travel. And so Maddie actually wasn't here for a lot of my really hard times. And, okay. um, and that was equally lovely and really hard for me at the mm. same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I can remember praying, Lord, I just, we don't need to do this for me. But if there's something in it for Maddie, then mm-hmm. let's let this work out. And, yeah. um, and Kev was super like, let's go, you know, husbands, men, fathers, they want to solve things. And um, he was always trying to this was my funniest one of my funny stories was so sick that first round of chemo and we had a puppy that was blind and that was not very old and mm. 
you know, he could hardly deal with that dog. Yeah. (laughs) It was just, you know, that thing that's just sending you down and over the, all the way down into the pit. And, and he's like, you know, I've talked to the breeder and I'm, I'm telling her that we're, we're going to send Peyton back. Just, we just can't do that with these circumstances. And again, so sick. I just can't Mm -hmm. even respond. And, and I'm a bit of a percolator. I don't tend to say a lot at a time. And, And a few days later, I was like, yeah, that's never going to happen. You know, <laughs> we're just going to have to do this better, you know? Yeah. And because that was one thing, you know, at the time we had three dogs, each one of those dogs wanted to touch me, mm. lay with me, um, be with me. And probably the blind one, the most, mm. um, it was powerful for me, you know, maybe in times when, and we love our dogs, you know, but I can remember looking out and each one of them was kind of, you know, whether a head or a leg or a paw mm-hmm. on some of those days where I really couldn't move. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the the love of that was just something really powerful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, fun. Wow. Crazy. Thanks for sharing. Unreal. Gosh. Like, I feel like my heart is like all the way open. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, beautiful. So Thank you for, mm-hmm. for sharing so much. There's, yeah, there's no words, no. honestly. Um, Wild ride. Yeah, we're, we're, at, we're at about an hour and a half now. So um, there's, there's one question that we always close with. And um, I think in, in your case, I would, I would ask the question this way. Um, What's one thing that you wish people knew about maybe what it is to go through hardship and come out the other side? Hmm. Wow. That's profound, Jameson. You know, I think it goes back to that. You cannot ever even predict what you're going to be like Mm -hmm. you know I think the day some days that you think are just so hard and there aren't and other days you're on your knees because of a very small thing Mm -hmm. you know I think sometimes you just have to get out of your own self's way Hmm. and you know lean on the people that are around you Mm the people that are praying for you that you didn't even know um, and not taking on more than you can, you know, Mm. like being that whole this day, Mm -hmm. you know, because there's no way you look at that whole year. And that nurse said to me, this year is going to be crap. Just, you know, this year is just going to be crap. And it's so hard to even take that in, you know, but you just do this day and you just do that set of treatment. Yeah. And yeah. if you can't do something and then you, you need to say, I can't do this, you know, we don't, we're not great. Nobody's great at asking for help. Um, and, and one thing that um, just came to my mind, but you know, one of the hardest things was actually stepping past the cancer. 
Hmm. Was the moving into health. Wow. And and that's something that I don't think anybody really talks about. Right. Like the but emphasis is on just getting through exactly, it. Exactly. This, this, this is what you're doing. But now yeah. you're done and you're and you and because it has been all encompassing. Yeah. And that's the way it works, right? It's not like, hey, I'm scheduling in chemo here and like this afternoon I'm doing this. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you're dealing with that, you that's all you're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to think about other things or and so your life gets really focused and done when that is finished mm-hmm. you know and I think anybody that has done any trauma or any hardship and you stepped past it, you're a little bit tentative you're mm-hmm. a little bit like oh. hey um but yeah give yourself grace find lots of people do things completely different you know or decide they want this and that and um I'm not sure I did that but again I felt like I probably was like hey what can we do now you mm-hmm. know I'm feeling better let's go do this yeah. um because this is the day we have exactly right? it, yeah. you know again I think that is something that the Bible promises us all the time you know this day mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. this day um we never know, but yeah, grateful, grateful for those days, you know, grateful for, I think, all of those experiences of my life to this point, you know, they made me who I am. They make yeah. how I engage with somebody, you know, I feel that people are important to me, family's important to me, community, having people over, all of these things, mm. I think they're just extra more important to me because of those experiences but did i answer yeah question i think so Mm -hmm. huh absolutely (laughs) roundabout roundaboutly yeah there's no set path for anybody for sure Mm -hmm. you know yeah one day at a time yeah do do with the day that you have in front of you what you can with the grace you've been given for that day yeah i think anybody if you do that it's yeah it's it's not gonna be great every day can be great you know but hopefully more days are good yeah and then it makes the great days better right yeah mm. oh. that's beautiful thanks shannon that's so beautiful thanks so much thank you yeah. i know we were, we were you thought we were you were gonna have laugh. enough to talk about <laughs> <laughs> and here we are you. you're a pro podcaster now Oh, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you, too. Perfect. Thanks, Shannon. See wow. Thank you so much again, Shannon, for uh, for sitting down and having this chat with Andrea and I and um, for sharing so much of your story and your wisdom and your experience and um, for sharing just the joy that emanates from you despite the things you've gone through. So thank you. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, share it with a family member, anyone that uh, that you feel could benefit or learn or um, just gain some new perspective from this chat. So many thanks um, again to Shannon and thank you for listening to another episode of Unexpected Experts with us and we'll see you on the next one.